1: When Jesus says, follow me, does that mean that we are to drop everything, leave everything, join a monastery, and devote our lives to him exclusively? We'll talk about that next on Times of Refreshing. Join us. The Lord blesses each and every one of us with talents. As we become Christians, He adds gifts. And between those gifts and talents, we can do extraordinary things for the Lord. And in fact, that's what we've been called to when Jesus says, follow me. And that's what we're looking at here today on Times of Refreshing. This call to follow after Jesus is an amazing call on our lives. But it doesn't mean we forsake everything. He's given us most everything for the purpose of glorifying Him as we follow Him. Join us. This is Times of Refreshing. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman now with today's broadcast from The Well.
2: I can remember as a pastor of this church, I'll never forget. We had a young lady who, who, who came to this church, wanted to give her life to God. She came out of a Muslim family. And so she would come to church, and she was, and we were getting her from a doctrinal standpoint, trying to help her to understand the things of God. And she would come, and then finally she just started saying, well, you know, my family is giving me a hard time, and, and you know, they, they're, they're kind of being critical of me right now because I'm coming to church. And there was a battle going on. And this is what the devil does. The devil, what he ultimately wants us to do is side with the natural when we should continue on with the spiritual. And then ultimately... This lady, this young lady, she, she, she started coming sparingly, sparingly. Before long, she just disappeared. And, and then the last thing I heard was her family had given her so much pressure that she just gave up and, and she, just, she just left it when she had the truth. And I think it's the same thing sometimes for us. It could be on your job. It could be in your home, just like we stated. It could be with your kids, it could be with people. Never allow your affection for a person to supersede your affection for God. And I think it's it's important. I know this can be hard, but we've got to fall in love with Jesus. Man, my goodness. He's got to become our passion and our desire in life. We have to be willing to look people in the eye and say, no, I'm choosing God. I'm choosing God. But unfortunately, people, they'll, they'll, in their mind, well, God, you understand. I just have to, you know. But Jesus, what is he doing? He's saying you have to follow him. He says, and he, in verse 38, look at this. He says, and he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. There's a cross aspect to following Jesus. And it's tied to our affections and our desires and our love for God. Do we put Jesus first? And, and sometimes in, in putting Jesus first, it's going to be painful because you may lose a relationship. They may not invite you over for Christmas. Amen. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell them, oh, well. Listen, you got to follow God because he's the ultimate prize. And I think sometimes this happens. It may be that on your job, you may be the only one, but I'm going to take this aspect of my cross And say, man, I don't love you more than I love God, man. I don't love you more than I love God. I'm not getting involved in that. I love God too much. I can't be playing around. I can't. You guys, well, then don't be my friend. Praise the Lord. But I love God, man. Can I have an amen? Amen. And what happens is we'll compromise. Well, you know, well, you know, Sugar Tony came over and he said he needed prayer. Sugar Tony, you know, I'm still trying to get delivered from him, you know. And we go through this process and it says instead of just asking ourselves, do I love God enough to cut this brother off? Amen. Do I love God enough to cut her off? Do I love God enough to say, no, I'm going to go with God. You guys can call me crazy, but I'm going with God. <laughs> Saints, we have to get this. This is what Jesus is saying. And if, we not, if we're not willing to do this, then we're not worthy of him. He says we're not worthy. This is the context. Go to Matthew chapter 16. Look at this. This one was very interesting as I looked at it through Scripture. And one word really jumped out at me. Verse 24 on down to 27. The context for this passage of Scripture is desiring to come after him. Just underline the word desiring or desire. And this is important. Look what he says in verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples... If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires, he says it again, to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in, in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will, he will reward each according, he says, to his works. You know, sometimes when, when we're considering following Jesus, he, he says this, if a person desires, and there's some, per, there's some people even in this room right now, you're on the verge, and you're, you're really in your mind, you know, kind of seeking understanding and trying to get, what is all this church stuff about, this Christianity I'm trying to, and, and then and for some, some individuals here, there's a desire that is starting to creep in. Man, I really want to, I wouldn't mind following God, man. I, I've been there. You know, you start feeling like God is calling you, and you feel like, man, I need to change my life. and Man, why did I do that last night, man? Man, I'm tripping, man. I know I should. Oh, man, I wasn't raised like this. People try to tell me and you start getting this desire in your heart and, and and you start wanting to kind of follow Jesus. But Jesus stops these individuals and he says, if anyone desires to come after me, when you're in that mold where you're starting to desire, he's basically saying, now you've got to stop and consider the cost. He said, if you wanted to come after me, and I want to say this because, let me say this, saints. We have preached a cheap gospel that has perverted the minds of people all over this planet. And they think that walking with Jesus Christ is just about coming to church and punching your ticket, but then leaving and living living like the devil for the rest of the week. But the devil is a liar. Jesus is looking for conversion in our lives. Can I have an amen? We have cheapened the gospel to the point that we don't, people, all you got to do is believe. No, your belief should result in obedience and a changed life and a desire to walk with Jesus for the rest of your life. <laughs> Can I have an amen up in here? Because what happens is, what happens is Jesus stops them. He says, if anyone desires to come after me, he said, first, the first thing you got to do is you got to deny yourself. He said, then take up your cross. He said, then follow me. So that means there's something in me that I have to be willing to embrace. I have to deny the old Napoleon Kaufman. I have to deny the old me. I I have to take the authority and power out of his hands to lead and guide and govern me and submit to a new lordship in my life. Because now I'm following him. I have to stop and say, man, if you really want to follow Jesus, it's going to cost you. Number one, he's going to demand that you deal with you, that you deny you, and all your lustful possessions and desires and passions, all the things you want, all your dreams. You're going to have to. There's going. He's going to ask you to let some of that stuff go. Are you willing to do this? Count the cost. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you got to count the cost. He said, deny yourself. And then he said, take up your cross. That means now there's a, there's a pain element to this that i got to be willing to embrace in the letting go. He says, and then follow me. Now, there's so much to more to be gained on the other side of this decision. But when a person, the context is, if you start desiring to do this, you need to stop and you got to realize what it's going to cost you. And he's helping them to to see this this is how we get to the place of truly following him so I got to deny myself I got to take up my cross and what I'm basically saying is Lord I don't know where I'm going can you lead the way can you lead the way can I have an amen? amen let's go to Matthew chapter 19 Matthew 19 and this is a big one verse 16 on down to 22 Now behold, one came and said to him, teacher, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God, his father. But if you want to enter into life, he says, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all, though, all these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect or mature, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. The context here, we see this very, here, very clearly here, is the context of our value of earthly possessions and material things. I think this is important. God wants us, and we just prayed about this. God, he loves to see us blessed. He loves us from a, even from a financial standpoint he loves us to be his best and he loves us to have things but he doesn't want things to have us this man here is in a situation where he has he has from an integrity and character standpoint we see he's doing a great job jesus didn't deny that he had kept those things those commands but there was one issue in his life that was holding him back and i think sometimes this is what happens to us is we're doing good but there's an area that god's really trying to get to And in this case, we see that it was his earthly possessions and his material wealth. He didn't want to, he couldn't part with those things. Those things had a grip on him to the point that when he heard this saying, he said he got sorrowful and he went away. And I think it's the same thing that we have to look at in our personal lives. And maybe this isn't your issue, but for some people it is. That that their possessions, that money is their driver. Their wealth is their driver. Their stuff is their driver. And, you know, I want to just pause here. And this is one of the reasons why I just thank God. Because even for us as a congregation, we have this, we have, look look how God's blessed us with this big old building. 83,000 square feet. I mean, we got the places packed all the way to the back. We, it's a blessing. But I don't forget having three services over there in that box. I don't forget. Going home, woah out, toe up from the flow up, <laughs> honey, my feet hurt, my back, my neck. I don't forget. I try never forget. I thank God for all this stuff, but the stuff's got to be placed in its right context and place in our lives. I don't forget growing up in Longpool, California, living in a be- one-bedroom home, apartment. My wife, I mean my mom, my mom's boyfriend my uncle, and a dog. I try, I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't forget that stuff. I sit down, sometimes when I'm at home, I just, in my mind, I just mull it over in my, in my mind. Napoleon, don't you ever forget where you came from, where God brought you from, where you got, where, where he did, where, can I have an amen? Don't ever, don't ever forget. I never, I, I, no, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget that Audi I had. That took about 20 minutes to start. <laughs> I would go out to lunch and I say, Man, let's go to McDonald's, man. And we're going to lunch. And my teammates would say, Man, we can't ride with you, cause by the time we get back, you're gonna just be starting your car. So when I'm riding my BMW, let me tell y'all, I don't forget that. Come on, hold on, it's gonna start. <laughs> man uh, well lunch is over man we got class uh, uh, uh. say what i'm saying is is this we can't forget and we, we we get this stuff we get this stuff and we start holding on to it and just holding on to it and this this young this young man here he has this money and he doesn't he doesn't realize it's not about this stuff jesus said would you would you be willing to give all this stuff away and follow me he said he went away sorrowful and i think sometimes it's because we don't stop and pause and say, wait a minute, man. When I didn't have nothing, man, Jesus was in my life and he, was, he helped me and saw me through. And, and, man, whatever Jesus wants from me, man, you can have it, Lord. You gave it to me anyway. Everything you need, God, whatever you want, it's yours. It's the context. is we're going to follow him. Then our possessions and money and everything has to be placed in his proper context in our life, especially when it relates to him. Last passage of scripture. And this one is found in the book of John, chapter 21. Most of those scenarios and situations that you saw in the book of, at, at book of Matthew, you can see them in the book of Mark and, and Luke. Same scenarios, a little bit different wording and different things like that, but the points are basically the same. But there's one in the book of John that I saw that was different than anything I'd seen in the other Gospels. John chapter 21, verses 20 to 22. Jesus has been raised from the dead. Peter has been restored into fellowship after he's denied the Lord. He's asked Jesus, I mean, Jesus has asked Peter to feed his lambs and to feed his sheep. And in the midst of this dialogue, and he's going through this process with Jesus, we pick up the story in verse 20. It says, Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, this is John, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who who is the one who betrays you and says, Lord, who's the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. The context of this passage of Scripture is really our concern about what other people are doing and what God is doing in other people's lives. I think we could do ourselves a big favor by not worrying about what everybody else is doing. If we just, if, and we do our, 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 ourselves a big favor, we would help ourselves get delivered from jealousy, from envy, from self-seeking, And. Insecurities. And so what is Jesus doing? He's stopping him and he's refocusing him and he's helping him to get his eyes off man and to get his eyes back on him. What is this to you? Whatever I'm doing in this person's life, you he tells him, you follow me. Keep your eyes on me. And I think sometimes even within the context of church, we're worried about God bless them. Well, why can't God bless me like that? God gave them a breakthrough. How come I haven't got my breakthrough? And I think sometimes we just have to stop and realize at the end of the day, that's not my business. My business is to keep my eyes upon Jesus and not worry about what everybody else has got going on in their life. Now, we're going to be a blessing and try to help. and, And you guys understand what I'm saying. I think what happens is jealousy sets in. And envy begins to creep in. And when we do this, we start trying to find flaws in other people to make ourselves feel a little bit better about our plight and our condition. Well, God bless them, but. There's always a but there. Instead of just saying, well, God bless them, well, praise the Lord. God, do it. And I'm just going to keep my eyes on Jesus. And when we find ourselves you know, researching and, and trying to find out about how this person got their blessing and their blessing and, and how come, you know, God's blessing them and, and we're, you know, creeping around on Facebook and, and all over on this and Twitter and, and all over the place trying to find out. We need to stop and say, God, I'm not worried about what everybody else is doing. I'm just going to continue to follow you. Peter has so much destiny. Jesus Christ recalibrates him in the moment why because peter was going to be used to change the world he was going to preach the first message after on the day of pentecost three thousand souls get saved he's going to use him to to be an apostle in the church and to lead and to be a blessing but peter almost got sidetracked because he's worried about what john is doing and we do this all the time we do it on our jobs you know how come that guy's going up the ladder he, oh, he must, be, he must be doing something with the boss, you know, hanging out or something's going on. Whether it's a buddy-buddy system around here or what. We start making it in our minds, you know. And it may be some of that going on, but what does that have to do with you? It's the same thing in the church. We do the same thing. Why this person, get? It, how come they got a, you know, they're a deacon or they're a minister. What does that have to do with me? I'm serving Jesus Christ. I could care less. You can call him pontiff, chief pontiff, peace, priest, whatever. I don't care. Just show me Jesus. Can I have an amen? We have to stop and stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. Pastors driving by in the church to see how many cars in the parking lot. I'm going to show up to church late so I can just see. I want to see how God is blessing them. Oh, yeah. Don't worry about me. Do you? Can I have an amen? We got it. But this is what Jesus is saying. Peter, you got your eyes in the wrong way, direction. And we do it all the time. How did he get her? How did he get her? God knows I've been praying. How did he get hurt? That doesn't make any sense. The, the Lord, I got to bind the devil. Something trying to block me. And we start getting all deep and spiritual. And, and Jesus saying, just follow me. How did he get him? How did she get him? How, how did that happen? She must have baked him some cookies. You know, how did that happen? You know, we, we, start, we start conjuring up in our mind how it happened. Don't worry about how it happened. Just be you. You do you. Follow Jesus. Can I have an amen? Can we praise God on that? Can we get free? He said, Don't worry about that. You follow me. Peter, get your eyes off John. Don't worry about John. I'm going to read this one more time. I'm going to read because some people are getting free up in here right now. I'm going to read this one more time and I want it to sink in and then we're going to pray. Verse 22 Jesus said to him, If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? And then he says, you follow me. Father, today, we thank you for these passages of Scripture. We praise you that your word is true. We thank you that there's no denying the truths and facts concerning your words you've spoken it you're helping us you're delivering us but the way of deliverance always comes through following you we're following you for purpose we're following you for destiny we're following you because we love you we, we're following you because lord you not only know the way you are the way we need you to help us. We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds our future, and we pray that you would continue to lead us. We surrender today to your lordship. We surrender today to your direction. We surrender today to following and, and, and prioritizing, reprioritizing our lives, putting you first. That Lord, there would be nothing in front of you in our lives lord forgive us for having our eyes on what everybody else is doing lord we refocus our attention upon you we will follow you what john is doing it has nothing to do with us you're telling us to follow you father free our hearts today from any jealousies or envies any self-righteousness or any form of insecurity Lord, you're telling us to follow you because you want to lead us. My goodness. You want to direct us. You want to give us insight. Lord, you want to transform us. And this morning, we make a fresh commitment. Even as a church, we want to follow you. Whatever you want us to do as a church community, we commit ourselves to just doing that. We may not be the most popular church. We may not have the biggest stuff. We may not have all the grandest stuff. And we might not be individuals that preachers are wanting to. uh, Who cares, Lord? We just want to follow you. Help us to follow you. And as we follow you, Lord, continue to transform us. We give you praise in Jesus' name.